What is going on, Real Sports fam? Welcome to episode five of the Real Sports Podcast, a Snapchat sports pod. On this episode, we're running through the NBA draft results, recapping it all, how it leans into free agency, as well as tackling some Monday mailbag questions from the Real Sports fam, touching on D-Lo, the worst pro sports cities, and the outlook for the Cleveland Browns in the upcoming NFL season. Let's get it. What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Jack Settleman from Real Underscore Sports on Snapchat, a 1 million follower page on Snap, Real Underscore Sports. Give it a follow if you haven't. With me today is my longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. How are we doing? Jack, what's going on, brother? I just had dinner just an hour ago with your brother and your cousin. Where the hell were you? I was uh, I was in New York because I have work on Mondays, unlike oh, my cousin worker. and brother. And <laughs> Thank you. I am a hard worker. And my uh, my brother was with me yesterday doing some stuff that he was acting like an idiot. But uh, talking about idiots, let's talk about some idiots from the NBA draft. How did uh, everyone let Bol Bol drop to the 44th pick? I mean, we touched on it last episode. Um, there were a lot of question marks. He was mocked every – I mean, going into this season, this college, last past college season, he was mocked as a top five pick, maybe even top five. I don't know. I haven't really looked at – the preseason mock drafts in a while, but his skill set is undeniable. Um, he can handle the ball at the top of the key. He can shoot. He's seven two with guard skills. I mean, what more can you ask? I said it last episode. He reminds me of a Kristaps Porzingis, but I guess a lot of teams were really afraid of that injury he had to his foot in the beginning of the year. Um, a guy that big, you see it with guys like Joel Embiid in today's NBA. They play rim to rim. They're constantly running up and down the court. And it's tough. If you have an injury early on, it's tough for teams to fully invest in you. Am I shocked that he dropped all the way to 44? Yes. But am I shocked that he dropped in general? Not really, because there were those question marks going into the draft. Yeah, something I found out after the draft was that he actually has like commit not commitment issues, but he's not that hard of a worker. He doesn't really love the game of basketball. So I think that multiplied the concerns for Bobo. I still think it's crazy he dropped that far. Him and Por- or not Porzingis, him and Jokic are gonna be a crazy combination if he sees time next year. I'm excited for him. I think at forty four there's literally nothing like no loss for the Nuggets. And I saw a funny tweet that was like, he, did you see his Spider-Man suit that he was wearing? Brutal suit. I hated Bru- it. Wait, so if he doesn't make the NBA roster, because uh, second round picks aren't guaranteed, his suit will be like four times the price of how much he'll make in the G League. So I'm excited. <laughs> you, know what, I'm excited. you know what I instantly thought of when he got drafted? One of my favorite movies growing up, Kicking and Screaming with Will Farrell. Did you see it? Yeah, of course. It made me think of Bull Bull and Isaiah Thomas making a Mega Man on the yeah. court. Oh my god! One player that can throw him on his shoulders and just go to work. Well, have you seen the? You've seen the picture of Muggsy Bogues and yeah, his and dad. dad. Yeah. So they already, obviously, the internet's the best thing ever. They already photoshopped that that pick. But I need to see the real life pick so I can be satisfied. No, I, I think we'll see a Mega Man. I think they're well coached and 
they'll throw that out there in one regular <laughs> season game. Considering that would be they'll, great. they'll just be standing on two legs, I think that counts as one player on the court. So I think we should be good with the rules. Even even if they had it count for two players, like Isaiah Thomas is a great shooter. And imagine if he had space to shoot over top of people. I mean, he would be knocked down. We could, we could talk about the downfall of Isaiah Thomas, which is honestly really sad for probably hours. But who knows what's going to happen with him if he can bounce back to what he was in Boston. Um, I think how the Boston really did Isaiah Thomas out of town was messed up. Um, and I don't respect that organization, but we can get into that a little bit later in the pod. Yeah, they actually kind of mentioned bringing him back. Potentially Boston fans won it like really badly. And now that Kyrie's gone and it doesn't look like they're going to have a true replacement. Like maybe he comes off the bench after Rozier. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's probably cheap. So why not? Yeah, why not? That'd be fun. See the return. Another guy. Well, speaking of Boston, actually, they signed and picked up Taco Fall and my fan base was just absolutely heartbroken. They were disappointed. They were like, they couldn't believe Taco fell out of the draft and that Boston had a chance to sign him as an undrafted free agent. I personally, like, I was, I was pretty shocked because a lot of NBA drafting is done on potential and just size and wingspan and all of that. He's not, like, he's definitely not a good player. He reminds me a little bit of Boban. Like, he can give you 10 minutes, like, over the course of a game, but he's going to be exhausted. He can't make it up and down the court. Were you shocked to see him fall out of the draft? And do you think it's going to be a, a roster move that even helps Boston in the long run? Well, let's, let's rewind a few seconds. Do not compare Taco Fall to my guy Boban, who has the highest player efficiency rating in NBA history ahead of Michael Jordan. That's the first thing. Second thing... <laughs> I'm sorry, real sports fam, whether you like Taco Fall or not, this guy stinks. He has no value in today's NBA. Imagine throwing this guy. He's 7'2 and pulled down, what, 11 no, seven last year? taller than 7'2, isn't is he? I think he's like 7'7. Seven, seven. Let me, helps let me... my point even more. And he pulled down 11 points and 7 rebounds in college, a mediocre year. Imagine this guy in a pick-and-roll defense in the NBA – he will be tripping over his two feet. He will not make this roster. He will not make Boston's roster. He'll be a perennial G League player. And then maybe he'll just be a good marketing piece like Shaq is without the career just because of his size. But that's about it. Taco Fall, he is he's weighing in at seven feet, six inches. And I think that might even be an underestimation. He is, he is one tall guy. But yeah, he's, he's really not that good. If you're seven six and you, you're only scoring 11 points... More embarrassingly, grabbing seven boards, like these rebounds, anything on the rim, he should just be snagging up. Right. What, uh, I mean, it could have, he could have been a piece maybe in the old NBA, like the early 2000s, where like the three point shot and, and the pick and roll wasn't as much of a dominant force as it, is, at it, as it is in today's game. But at this point, he's just going to be a liability. And I am not surprised. Um, I'm not really rooting for the guy either. I don't really care about him, but. Wow, you're gonna you're guy. gonna turn some ugly heads against you from the real Come sports at me fan. In the comments, real sports fan, let's see it. So while Taco and Bobo were dropping, by the way, you saw the the Marvin Bagley and Dame rap beef, um, which is just like another credit to the entertaining league that the NBA is. And I was on the minority side that thought Bagley kind of bodied Dame, like he had some bars that. And I hadn't listened to them a bunch. Like, I had never really heard them rap. But everyone kind of around the NBA says Bagley's a true rapper. Dame's just using his kind of platform to push his bars. I thought Bagley got Dame. Did you have any opinion on that? 
Um, I think that Marvin Bagley was just using his platform as an NBA player to go at Dame just to get his name up there. Um, I think he's just doing it for the clout. Dame's a good artist. He has a, he's one, one track with Lil Wayne. He had an album that dropped last year. But the true best artist in the NBA, and I suggest all of our listeners peep this guy's album, because especially if you're into R&B and like some soft, questionable stuff like myself, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> He yeah, Vic can sing. Pipes. He has got yeah. pipes. Yeah, Vic can sing. I've seen that before. Um, but anyway, back to the program. My steal from the draft, and we talked about this in the pre-draft pod as my sleeper, was Brandon Clark. And Brandon Clark, I mean, him falling all the way to 21 and going to the Grizzlies with John Moran, I think that is an incredible pickup at 21. I could not believe he was on the board, especially when I saw his teammate, Rui, going nine to the Wizards, which I don't think is a great fit for them. Um, who was your steal of the draft? Because I will just say this. We wanted to make it clear that Cam Johnson, we both were we – were, we liked him as a sleeper, but then when he went all the way at 11, that kind of factors that out. So who was your steal of the draft now that we know where everyone went? Um, I'll be honest. I really like what Boston did at 33 with Carson Edwards. Um, we'll talk about how they acquired that pick a little later in the pod via my Philadelphia 76ers. But I said it before, this guy, in my opinion, is a bona fide winner who's just going to continue to be a leader at the next level. Um, he's probably going to come off the bench in Boston. I see them maybe re-signing Rogier and then having Carson Edwards. But I love how his game translates to the NBA. Um, I really thought that he would go first round me and my roommate had a little wager going he took over 30 and a half so shout out Grossman for getting that right and me losing once again another bet um but yeah I thought he was a sure first rounder I liked him going to the Sixers at 22 um clearly we went a different direction and I think he's gonna have a great career in this NBA especially with his style of play so I really like that pick for Boston yeah that was a great pick I love Carson and that's why they got the top grade from me for the NBA draft. The Pelicans were close. They got Zion and NK and a bunch of guys that I thought Jackson, good good pickups. But that was kind of easy because they got to draft Zion. And your boy, who you have been hating on pre-draft, um, and you're talking up Elton Brand and all that, but my, the Celtics uh. get the, the A grade from me. They add an experienced guy, Grant Williams. They get Romeo Langford at the end of the lottery where – pre uh preseason he was potential top 10 pick and then they add a guy like Carson and then they pick up the real sports fam's favorite player Taco Fall so Danny Ainge your boy made moves whereas who got you know one of the worst grades of the NBA draft I think it's coming from your hometown you really had to do this to me all right here's the first time and maybe one of the last times that I'll talk bad on the Sixers Terrible draft for my Philadelphia 76ers. Horrible. It was embarrassing. I was laughing. All right. You don't need to rub it in. But we talked about before the draft. I told you I really liked Matisse Thibel as a player. Um, He's a defensive stud. Um, I'm not a big fan of drafting players in the first round from the University of Washington, uh, as we saw a few (laughs) years ago with my guy down in Disney World, Markel Fultz. Wait on him, though. I think he's minor setback, major comeback. But you love him. That, what is your what is your affection for Fult? Like, wh- why does Philly fans like want him to do well? It's it's actually one of the more surprising things because Philly will turn on anyone very quickly. Obviously, as you know, but why the one guy who pretty much s- 
took eight steps back for the Sixers, for the process, cost you. It was a Langford and Tatum for Fultz deal was the outcome of it. Why does Philly fans like get behind Fultz? I don't understand it. Well, okay, let me stop you there. Um, it's not really Philly fans who get behind him. It's kind of just me. Um, and I've done this a lot and just turning it into a spin zone. If you think about Markel Fultz, sure, he was our number one overall pick. We traded Tatum and Romeo Langford by the math. And But without Markel Fultz being a bona fide loser, would we have Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris? Because I don't think so. No, you wouldn't. So in that case, I'm going to spin it in that direction. And why else do I support him? Because I had to ride for this guy from my New York friends, from people like you who are just talking crap on the Sixers 24-7, just because I'll ride for my guys any day of the week. And he wasn't really playing, so he couldn't prove me wrong. But then he started throwing up this uh, these juggling free throws. And I was just too far <laughs> deep into the Markel Fultz train that sometimes you just got to own it and ride for him. So no hard no, feelings. I, I love the ride. Yeah, he, I love the riding he, for it. But even as you rode, like now that he is gone and cost you, I'm still surprised you're rooting for him, even though he did bring Jimmy and Tobias, if that's how you want a reason for it. But please get back to just trashing the Sixers and Elton Brand, taking sure, a sure, 30% sure. three-point. Um, so, I do like Matisse Thibel a lot. Um, he's from the University of Washington, defensive stud, uh, defensive player of the year. He had let he had set the record in Division One for most steals, something above three hundred. But the the problem that I have with the Sixers is what they did to go get him. They moved up from twenty four to twenty, and they gave up the thirty third pick to do so. Um, right after, right before that, no, right after that, the pick after actually, the Thunder and the Grizzlies made a trade, and that's when the Grizzlies got Brandon Clark, your steal of the draft. That cost the Thunder or the Grizzlies to move up a future second round pick. And I think that just explains to Elton Brand the lack of knowledge he has in a GM role, given that he's been a GM for what, six months maybe? And he didn't understand what the market was at that time. And how did the league know, especially Boston and Danny Age, who is a, a known rival of ours, how bad we wanted this Matisse Thibel? Like, how did this information get out to the point where? Boston had all this leverage that they could swindle this 33rd pick from us. Now, Elton Brand has gone in interviews after the draft and said all these moves will make sense in the long run. So like I said before, I'm going to ride. and Whatever happens, happens. But it just didn't make sense to me at the time giving up a 33rd pick, which in my opinion, it turned into Carson Edwards, who was my steal of the draft, who I wanted. Um, but you got your guy. Sure, it's great. And Elton Brand made a point, like, we're a championship contending team, whether you believe so or not, and second round picks aren't the way to do that. Uh, we traded all of our second round picks we made for cash, whether that goes to pay the luxury tax if we bring back Jimmy and Tobias, um, we'll see, or whether it just goes to fund Elton Brand's next vacation to Cancun is a different story. But <laughs> I, I was really upset with what the Sixers did in this draft. I think there were a lot of players around that area who I liked a lot more. Like I said on the last pod, Dylan Windler, Nasir Little dropped that far. We could have used a guard. Um, Carson Edwards clearly fell to 33, but I liked him there. But yeah, it, it was a bad showing from Elton Brand. Uh, I've been on the Sixers Twitter ever since, and he's just getting ripped apart. But he said it'll make sense, so it'll make sense, I, I hope. 
<laughs> so give at least give the followers and your loyal loyal Philly followers the good news from your sources on Jimmy Butler. You can keep it short, but just give them the good news. Yeah, so uh, I've got a source who will not be named who has an, some reliable information telling him that the front office of the Philadelphia Sixers and specifically the Sixers coaches would be shocked if Jimmy Butler didn't return. All signs are looking to him re-signing. I haven't heard much on the Tobias front. I'm working on that, but I'm sure Jack is going to bring up the tweet that he sent me today that's contrary to exactly what I'm saying right now. But I guess we'll find out. Wow, a week from today we'll be in it. I, I won't be sleeping a week from today. Well, fortunately, it starts at 6 p.m. on June 30th. But um, the tweet that I sent to you was about how Tobias and Jimmy might not be coming back. Howard Beck, who it was reported that it was him who said it, actually quote tweeted recently saying, these are lies and like, I never said that. Someone yeah, just took... Does loser even have a blue check? Uh, yeah, Hoop Central. They're not too trustworthy online. Um, yeah, don't believe everything but, you see on the internet, Jackson. But, but one thing that I do want to point out that really flew under the radar. So it was late in the draft, and you were definitely asleep because Sixers were done picking. It was a work night for you, and little baby Abe has to go to bed. But Woj started talking about how some of the moves the Sixers are making, actually, even though they're trading for cash and they're clearing space, and it seems like they're making a move to get both of them back, it actually seems like – they're protecting only signing one of the guys because they're only going to have space to max one uh, or they're, they're actually planning to have one. So if they lose to bias and they don't, they won't be left with much money. Like, do you still trust that Sixers team with Jimmy? Cause I think Tobias could leave. I really do. I don't think he's as set in stone on Philly as, as Jimmy is. Do you think that Sixers team runs it back and makes it to a championship? I, I mean, it's very hard to tell. Um, because at that point, you say we bring back Jimmy and Tobias walks hypothetically. That'll yeah. still leave us at having five people under contract. Um, I think if that's the case, you'll see J.J. Redick return. And we'll have to we'll have to make other splashes in free agency. Um, I'm still very confident that we're going to run it back. Uh, I know I woke up to it. I woke up to a Woj bomb on Friday morning saying that Kawhi is going to give us a meeting. And weirdly <laughs> enough, I hated that. I hated seeing stop. that. Because, stop. Listen, stop. listen, listen. No, no, no. I actually don't know. In me, the huh? conspiracy theorist in me yeah. just like quickly put together two and two that even if Kawhi does give us a meeting, yeah. it's just to screw us over in the long run to make us maybe hesitant on calling Jimmy and Tobias, inevitably pissing them off that we didn't call them at 6 p.m. on the dot. And then Kawhi would just give us the meeting just to screw us over, piss them off, they walk. He's go, he goes back to Toronto, and the East is his for the next 10 years. So I didn't like seeing that, um, but I'd love to see Kawhi Leonard in a Sixers uniform. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, I don't think Kawhi – like, Kawhi doesn't really care. He'll just go out and beat you on the basketball court. I, I don't think it's a conspiracy, and he's not plotting that. But I do agree, like – especially with a temper like Jimmy and Tobias who wants to be the star of a team and get a max where he's already taking a super reserve role. I, I don't disagree that taking a meeting with Kawhi could actually be worse for the Sixers. But the upside is if they got Kawhi, they're probably the favorites to win it all, except for your LA team. Bottom line, for Jimmy and Tobias, their best chance to win next year, aside from Jimmy going to LA, which I don't think is going to happen via – um, Rob Polinka being stupid and 
not knowing how the salary cap works. Their best chance to win is right where they are, and they can make the most money doing it. Tobias isn't going to do anything in Brooklyn if he goes there, Dallas. I don't care. If you want to win, if you want your money, stay in Philadelphia, bottom line. Cool. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com backslash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, as well as a travel blade cover to take on the road. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for cheap razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shade shave, let them know, and they'll get you give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3 today. All right, Real Sports fam, this is a uh, this is how we pay for all those giveaways, so just stick with us here. Just so you know, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED just don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient and discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides treatment is appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication right there online with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to that doctor. ED can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with the doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Let's go back to the draft real quick. The worst grade, they got a straight-up F-, minus, even worse than an F, for me, was this, the uh, Phoenix Suns. And let's just let's just think about what they did during the draft and right before. They essentially swapped Jarrett Culver, who was a consensus top seven, top six pick, TJ Warren, who's an improving forward year over year. Uh, uh, he's working on his three, a three and D guy and the 32nd pick. So a first rounder, even though it's late for Cam Johnson in the lottery and Dario Saric, it was not only the worst draft, like they need a point guard. They had a chance to get, they could have been up there for Garland. They could have been up there for Kobe white. They passed on those guys to essentially clear space and overdraft Cam Johnson for a chance at D'Angelo Russell, who. I mean, yes, it would be great if they got D'Lo, but there's nothing in the cards that says they're the Phoenix Suns are going to get D'Angelo Russell. Horrible, horrible draft day for them. Who got the worst grade for you? I just said I think it was the Sixers. Um, I yeah. just think at, at what cost did they move up? It wasn't worth it. 
But I want to go back to what you said because I don't hate what Phoenix did whatsoever. Um, TJ Warren had a little big of a contract for the production that he brings. So I don't hate dumping that contract. I understand they essentially gave away a pick just to dump it off. And we talked how much we like Cam Johnson. And the bottom line is, Jack, if you like your guy, go and get him. But this is this is the thing with that. So I, I totally get the go and get him. But the situation is the good teams and the good GMs. And what we saw with Ainge versus Alton Brand and apparently what we're seeing with the Suns is there's no doubt you can go get your guy. But if you know and you know how everyone rates all these guys, if you can get your guy at 14 or you can get your guy at 17 because he was not projected to go anywhere near 11. Like you saw the Kobe White interview. He was like, wow, wow. Like obviously he was super excited for Cam, but it was because he was shocked that he went almost top 10. So the true GMs, they know exactly what everyone around them is doing when they plan on taking a guy. And to reach that high seven picks in an NBA draft, is a lot, a lot to give up. But that leads kind of into the D'Lo comment, and that's our first question from the Monday Mailbag. B. Kirkland 3 asked, what is, what's good with D'Lo? Where is he going? What's, I, I don't see him at the Suns. I see these reports about D'Lo going back to the Lakers. I would crack up if that happened, not because I don't think that that whole thing with Magic and Nick Young and all that crap went down. I just think if they use the third max spot or even let a slightly less than the max on D'Angelo Russell, it ruins their title chances. I, I think they need a true Kyrie, Jimmy Butler superstar. D'Lo is not at that level for me. How do you feel about your boys out at West possibly getting D'Lo or where do you think he lands? I think D'Lo in LA is a match made in heaven. Oh my God. Um, How? How? Because he, I, he can handle the ball for Braun. He can score by himself. Like, Obviously not at will like Kyrie can, but I'm I've been a big D'Angelo Russell fan my entire life. He's he was an all star this year. He's clearly on the upward trend, and I I think he's a great. I mean because I don't see the Lakers needing that that big of a superstar next to two top six players in the NBA in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Thilo is an all star caliber player who's only getting better. Um, he continues to post on Instagram every day to let us know that he's working out like the rest of the NBA. But aside from LA, um, I've been seeing reports about Indiana. That's cool. Whatever. They won't do anything. That'd be fun. That'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. That, that's the, that's the correct word for it. That'd be fun. Oladipo deserves a guy, not like a Darren Collison guy. No, he definitely deserves a guy. But like we said on other episodes, um, there's only a few players that can be number one pieces on championship teams. And Victor Oladipo is not one of them. Um, he could be the first player in NBA history to sing the national anthem and then go play on, in a playoff game in his home stadium. That would be pretty dope. But I've seen reports of D'Lo to Indiana. Um, you put him, maybe they bring back Bojan, uh, Miles Turner, and that could be a fun team. Um, other than that, I hate the idea of him and Kyrie both signing in Brooklyn, I think that'd be one of the worst defensive backcourts and would do nothing in this league. If the Lakers can afford him, go get him. Um, another name I've seen thrown out there is Boston. That could be fun. Another another that would be fun. They wouldn't do anything type thing. But D'Angelo Russell isn't a second player on a championship, championship team. I think he can be a third, and that's why I like him mostly in L.A. with Braun and A.D. Boston's really interesting to me. Like, 
we look at it two years ago in an open East, and that's potentially what we could see this year, right? If Kawhi left to the Clippers or Jimmy or Tobias don't both come back, we're going to have an open East. And that Celtics team was in a finals uh, or close to a finals without Kyrie. Like, what if Tatum and Brown get the freedom and take the step that they were supposed to take this year with, with, with Kyrie not being there at a really good scorer in D'Lo? I think that we're kind of underestimating the Celtics. The Celtics were the four seed. They won game one in Milwaukee. Like, they they have some talent. They have that really good coach who has, uh, like, never really won much, even though he gets a credit for it. I think we're sleeping on the Celtics a little. Uh, and D'Lo would make that team at least more interesting than if we they didn't already have got our We already got on, on Thursday night our first look at the, the Danny Ainge almost trades. Those are my favorite. At the end of this offseason, the Celtics will probably strike out, but you'll hear how Danny Ainge almost got this guy. Almost. Like he almost traded up to four and got Garland. Danny he was Ainge, almost there. Danny Ainge has He's, drafted or sorry. Danny Ainge has drafted zero all stars since he's been in Boston and he's drafted one player who's passed away. So uh, RIP. We didn't bring that up. Rest in peace, Fab Mello, uh Syracuse legend. Yes, legend. Real quick, um, I have a great trivia question for you. So every Saturday I post in my story. Uh, I'm supposed uh, to ask the trivia. trivia this time. No, I know, but you forgot. And it's kind of my thing. So in 1943, during World War II, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Philadelphia Eagles combined football teams. What was the name of the football team? And let me just interject real quick. How like this would literally be my worst nightmare. The most disgust like Pittsburgh, who I despise, the Eagles because of you, who I absolutely despise. Like becoming one team, I would root for them to lose ten times over before I ever rooted for the Ravens to win. So, do you know what the name of that combo team was? You really thought you were going to get me on this one, didn't you? I I didn't think I was going to get you. I kind of hoped that you knew the history of the Eagles. The Philadelphia Pittsburgh Steagles. That is a very the greatest, the greatest name ever. I love it. But that's my Steagles. Like, so I'm riding. Like who came up? Like they couldn't think of anything more creative than literally combining the first half of the Steelers and last of the Eagles. Like, well, really? the Eagles, the the Eagles are on the eastern side of Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh on the western side. You do that math, that leaves you in the middle of Pennsylvania. I spent four years in college in the middle of Pennsylvania. There's not the smartest people there, so I'm not really surprised by that name. Fair enough. Leading into the worst sports city. So we're going by worst current pro sports city because the worst sports city is Philadelphia. Just absolutely disgusting fans. But the current worst sports city is, for me, it's Miami. The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game pretty much since I've been alive. The Marlins are like a laughing stock of the league. They've traded MVP after MVP away from their team. Derek Jeter is rigging the whole MLB for the Yankees and just using the Marlins as his as his tool. The Panthers act like they show promise in young players. Those guys will be gone before they do anything in the playoffs. And then the Heat have just had this absolute horrible downturn. Pat Riley can't even get a freaking like he's get he can't even get. Dragic or whatever. Tyler Johnson's contract's still out there because he has no clue what he's doing. Uh, Miami's the worst current pro sports city. Thank you, LOL Master 11 for the question, Abe. The worst pro sports city is? Well, I'm going to touch on you first. Um, I don't even consider Miami a sports city. Nobody goes there to play sports. They go there for South Beach. So that's just a place where sports occur. 
rather than being a true sports city. But let's talk about the worst sports city in America, the Mecca, as people call it. That's right, New York. This city, for the amount of teams that they have, let's talk about percentages. They've got two teams in the (laughs) NHL, and uh, I'm not a big hockey guy myself, but I know the Rangers stunk this year. I know the Islanders lost their best player to the Oilers, am I right? No, Maple Leafs. Let's let's leave the Islanders out of it. Long Island's a different place. Everyone loves Long Island, and they had a pretty good year. But you can go back to the playoffs. Cheers, they got swept. Who cares? But like you said, Long Island. The Knicks, uh, do I have to go on? Yes, we are an up-and-coming franchise. R.J. Uh, Barrett, King Maple Mamba. Up-and-coming. I can't wait to see who the Knicks sign this year. Like, when they struck out on LeBron, they overpaid Amari Stoudemire's broken kneecap. It's a different front office. We're not getting into this. Same Please owner, same, same owner, same dumpster fire. Prove it. Until then, I'm not buying it. What can go wrong will go wrong. The Mets, an abomination. Sure, the Yankees are, wait. are Sure, the are Yankees you- are good this year, but they'll probably figure out a way to blow it in the playoffs. Um, just for all the hype that New York has, being the biggest city in the world, um, and ha- being such a big market, you expect more from them, and they just underperform after underperform. They they don't win. I'm sorry. I have a bunch of delusional New York fans who are – oh, we can talk on the Jets and the Giants. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I know Saquon's yeah, no, your boy, but you're leaving out like literally the no, most important. Mr. DJ6, Daniel Jones at the sixth pick. Um, that's just hysterical. I've got a couple videos of my friends' live reactions when he got picked. That roster's an abomination. Uh, Dave Gettleman. Eh, Elton Brand's getting to Dave Gettleman level. No, Relax. That, that was kind of harsh on eBay because I'm still going to trust him until next Sunday. But the Jets, sure, you got Darnold. You overpaid for Le'Veon. Um, you got Jamal Adams on D. You made a couple of other signings. I like Quinn Williams. You'll win five games this year. Um, yeah, they were front office is a disaster. They like, don't, don't sleep on their new GM. They they came from the Eagles, Joe Douglas. Uh, I saw rumors that they were going to hire Todd McShay. That would have just been the icing on the cake. But ever since then, I think they backed off the McShay train. But the while you were at dinner, in America is New York. While you were at dinner, the Mets, <laughs> the Mets reportedly got in a fight with a reporter, like Mickey Callaway, who's known to be one of the worst managers in the league, got in a fight, and Jason Vargas had so, to be held back from, like, restrained from trying to fight a reporter. And I don't, the I don't Mets, know if the tweet was accurate or not, but I saw something that Vargas called him Titty Callaway. <laughs> no, that's probably not an accurate tweet. Yeah, you never know. You never know with the Mets. New York is, for what they are and the expectations and the pressure the city puts on them, yes, they are a disaster. But just because they have the Yankees, the Yankees are going to carry them this year. The Yankees are a really good team. I think if they, they get Bumgarner at the deadline, and they're my they're my pick to win it all. But you spoke on Dave Gettleman, and this is why Elton Brand will never – reach Dave Gettleman levels and that's because he traded Odell Beckham for a chicken parm and a box of Cheetos Van Man's watch out for Jabril Peppers this year my guy I mean it's just like you can't do it it would be like trading Ben Simmons for like Tyler Eulis and a third round pick which doesn't even exist in the NBA like that's how fleeced the Giants got but Van Man 306 asks, what are our thoughts on the Browns? I'm going to start because I'm closest to the Browns uh, with the Ravens in the division. And this is going to be my preseason prediction, and it will hold. 
I have the Browns going nine and seven with my Ravens. And I'm not calling a shot yet because I think it's going to come down to tiebreakers. So I don't know if they make the playoffs. I think that they will. I think they'll beat out the Ravens on tiebreakers because we always seem to mess around. We can't beat Cincy. We'll split with the Steelers. And now that the Browns are good, we'll split with them. So I think the Browns will be able to get maybe one more division win. And if they get in the playoffs, obviously they could be dangerous. But people are way overreacting. Uh, This is the best quarterback that Odell's ever had and the best offense he'll play in. So I am excited to see him because I truly do think he's the best receiver in the league when healthy and with a true quarterback. I saw a three-minute clip of uh, times Odell Beckham was open last season, and that was for the for the Giants. And I'm talking about, like, wide, wide open in the end zone. He should have, like, 12, 14 touchdowns. Eli was fully incompetent. So I have him 9-7, first-round playoff exit. Um, what do you have, Abe? I, I really don't hate that prediction. Um, like you said, I think people are way too hype. It's a recency bias type thing. They're just they're the most exciting team going into the year. I think we can agree on that. Then maybe Oakland, um, especially because Oakland's going to get all this clout from Hard Knocks and the AB thing that went down. But I, I like that. I like the nine and seven, the ten and six route. Um, like you said, Odell's finally got a quarterback. I think it all it all comes down to this new head coach. Um, what type of, I mean, it's a system game. So if Baker can play in this system, I mean, he played well in the second half of the year, um, then this team will be successful. Um, you're, you can speak more to this. Do you know what division the, the Browns and Ravens are playing this year in the AFC and NFC? That is a really good question. I believe we have, the Browns have like a fairly tough schedule. We have somewhat of a tough schedule. Um, let me check real quick. I, I'm, I am blanking. We play, so we get, uh, do we, yeah, we play Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Division, and Bills. So that's, I mean, the uh, Bills uh, are not good. The NFC the, North and the AFC East. Uh, no, we have the NFC West, I believe. Yeah. So Cardinals, yeah, Seahawks will be good. Rams will be good. Niners with Grappolo could be fine. Um, and then the Browns finished. They finished third in the division, I believe. So they get the rest of the AFC third place teams, which is like the Titans or something. So they'll have somewhat of a hard schedule. I just think I'm they're not scheduled right now, and I've got the Ravens under five hundred. I'm sorry. Yeah, not I mean, only do they think, but this schedule is pretty pretty tough. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into our full NFL breakdown, but we're coming out two and zero, and then we'll see from there. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we have a very tough schedule. Huh? You got Trace McSorley, so maybe use him as a little Taysom Hill guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe we should leave the NFL for a little bit later on. That that's gonna be a that'll be a whole different beast. We will. And you know I'm a diehard Ravens fan, have been since day one. And it's gotten to the point where I don't expect us to do anything with Lamar, but I'm I'm finally enjoying it because we're playing really good D and Lamar is like one of the most fun people to watch. I went through a decade full of success and it's so fun going to the playoffs and winning a bunch of games but it was so boring like Flacco he's my guy but he he's he's a really boring guy we're scoring like 20 points a game at least with Lamar there's some excitement so even when our seasons don't go well it's fun to see Lamar so we'll get into that over the summer yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back on my thoughts on this year's Eagles teams for now because I don't want the backlash to come just yet but just no real sports fan it's gonna get ugly out there, and I'm really? excited. I'm gonna say no, no. It's gonna get ugly for the for the listeners. I'm gonna yeah. just gonna be 
I'm going to be saying some. Yeah, you're brutal. But they expect that at this point. I think you're the hot take guy, but I guess we we can throw up a poll. That that can be a poll tomorrow. Who's more of a hot take guy thus far through the first, what are we on, six episodes? Yeah, this is episode six. Because I've gotten mixed reviews. Yeah, me as well. I think uh, we'll throw that poll up. RS Pod on Instagram, as always. Thank you guys for listening to episode six of the Real Underscore Sports Snapchat Pod. Rate us five stars. Write some reviews. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening in. And next, uh, so next episode is dropping obviously Thursday. We're always Mondays and Thursdays. NBA free agency is about to heat up. I'm going on vacation, but thanks to the pushing of our producers and Abe. I'm going to be bringing my computer and my microphone so we can fully Damn cover. Right, uh, we can. I mean, I just need it because when the Knicks get Duran and Kyrie, it's going to be ugly on the podcast. I'm going might- to be doing a lot of. I'm going to be doing a lot of not work at work this year, and I'm going to. I'm going to find out before everyone else knows where everyone's going. So we'll do some predictions on Thursday. Real sports fam, we love you. Uh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Jackson, any final words? No. Thank you, Real Sports fam. Goodbye. Peace.